0: Darker Days of Dorothy Gale, Aftermath, for Episode 26, Chapter 20, The Virtuous Child and the First Time. This week we are discussing Chapter 20, The Virtuous Child and the First Time, and Canto 4 of Dante's Inferno. In Canto Four, Dante wakes up to find himself on the other side of Acheron. Virgil leads him into limbo, home of the virtuous pagans. Virgil relates to Dante that this is the home of those born before Christ, guilty mostly of original sin. They were simply born at the wrong time. This is also where the unbaptized children reside. I would assume that this would be where stillborn children would also be, as grim as that is to think about. It's important, though, to know that this is not a place of punishment. Dante asks if anyone ever gets to leave Limbo and rise to heaven. Virgil tells him there was a time in which a select few were, in fact, taken from here and delivered to paradise. Notable among them were Noah, Moses, Abraham, and Rachel. You can just go ahead and Google them. I assume you know the basics, though, Noah and Moses being the most recognized. Dante meets several of his poetic and philosophical heroes here. It's actually pretty uneventful in chapter 20 the virtuous child in the first time Dorothy is found sitting under a tree in the Kansas pasture this is after learning of her mother's death and it links directly to Welcome Home in season 1 it was episode 26.2 I forget the actual chapter number though In this chapter, she and Henry discuss what happens next. Dorothy tells him she doesn't want to be baptized, because her mother was never baptized. In the eyes of Henry's God, Audrey could never proceed past limbo, and Dorothy doesn't want to end up without her, if there is indeed an afterlife. There is no meeting of other virtuous characters as far as darker days goes, The first part of this chapter is really kind of just exposition. A way to detail limbo and the medieval restrictions of the Catholic version of heaven. It's also important not to mistake Henry as symbolic of a virtuous pagan. He is anything but. The second part of this chapter is a look at grief and the way we process it, the way we cope. For Dorothy, the world becomes gray and colorless. She becomes numb and severely depressed. She tries to push through the pain, but ultimately falters. She sleeps too much, eats too little, and begins to feel like a social pariah. Henry and M are at a loss. This chapter contains the subtitle, And the First Time. I, of course, know what this means, but I want it to be intentionally vague. Dorothy's past, especially around this time, is a bit of a blur of emotional torment and pain. Things will make sense in time, and clarity will be established. I don't know if anyone picked up what I was setting the groundwork for. I don't know if I'm quite as clever in my subtlety as I think I am, or desire to be. There are a few things worth mentioning here, though. I've always thought it was strange that Dante placed Limbo after the Uncommitted. That this is a strangely peaceful place that is for some reason wedged between those tormented by wasps and hornets and other violent places. The Inferno is a place of progressively worse punishments. And if this is not a punishment per se, why is it after such a grisly experience? I'm sure there's a scholar out there that has an explanation. As always, I will remind you, I'm just an ordinary guy. No formal education on the subject. Of everything I've read, watched, or listened to, however, I don't recall anyone really explaining this placement. Maybe it has been explained, and I just don't remember it. That's very possible. I can admit there is an issue here with Dorothy, her age and her understanding of not only the Catholic religion, but her own emotions as well. She's seven years old here, but she speaks as though she's very worldly. The line in which Henry lightheartedly asks her if she's sure she's only seven is a way of acknowledging that issue, but I've never felt it really fixed the problem. In retrospect, after Henry approaches and comments on how far away from the house she is, it might have been better to say something like... Dorothy did not respond to Henry. Her child's mind could not find the words to describe the comfort she felt out there. The solace of the silence and the serene landscape. Who knows, maybe someday I will rewrite that moment and update the episode. But, at the time of this recording, you get what you get. This is a free audiobook, after all. Free. The notion that Dorothy seems to fully understand that her mother will never be in heaven, that she seems to understand the theoretical repercussions of remaining unbaptized, is also a bit of an issue for me as well. If she was older, this wouldn't bother me in the slightest. Unfortunately, there was just no way around this problem that I could think of. The interaction here between Dorothy and Henry, under the tree, is extremely important, because it sets up the future of both characters, for better or for worse. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's definitely for the worst. It's also an important part of Dorothy's personality and her unshakable devotion to her mother. I came to the conclusion that I had no choice but to write this moment off as Dorothy being a bit of an old soul, which I feel works well within the context of the world I've been building and reshaping. So I guess I could condense all that rambling to just a few lines. I realize Dorothy sounds older and wiser than she should. It bothers me. But not really. Really? I also find it very important to know that Henry is a devout Catholic. The Catholicism isn't the most important aspect, however. The most important thing to take away from this isn't that he has a religious label. It's that he has a very deep sense of faith and deeply rooted beliefs. It's a defining characteristic, yes, but it doesn't stop him from understanding the views of others and he doesn't feel that it is right to impose his beliefs on Dorothy. If she were his child, his biological child, it would undoubtedly not be up to her to be baptized. She surely would have been, long before this moment. But also, this moment wouldn't exist in that case. In this moment, Henry is honoring the wishes of his deceased sister quite possibly more than he is honoring the wishes of dorothy there is a mistake in this week's chapter and that will be corrected soon maybe even by the time this aftermath episode drops i mistakenly mentioned that dorothy's mother audrey is henry's sister audrey is actually m's sister This was established in Chapter 35 of Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, the ballad of Audrey Wilkinson, and the song of Ian Gale. Once again, my forgetfulness of my own works comes back to haunt me. But, you know, free audiobook. Free. Also, this mistake doesn't change anything. The interaction between Henry and Dorothy still holds tremendous value. If I missed something, or failed to address something you feel I should have, or goofed on my summary of Dante's Inferno, which is very possible, by all means, let me know. I'm always open to questions, comments, or, you guessed it, Constructive Criticism. You don't have to like the show. Not sure why you're listening if you don't. But like it or not, you can be nice. I know you can. I believe in you. You can always contact me on Twitter. It's DarkDorothyG. You can email me at darkdaysofdorothygale at outlook.com. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, or, yes, an alternate Twitter account. All those places are The Ordinary Sun. That's S-U-N. TikTok doesn't have much Dark Days content. It's mostly video games and memes there. And my non-Dark Days Twitter account is a mix of Dark Days content, complaints about Elon Musk, and short-form news radio fan fiction. And of course, if the social media is not quite your jam, there's always the official Dark Days website, ddofdg.com. As of this recording, it has some cool, dark days of Dorothy Gale merchandise and a small amount of darker days of Dorothy Gale merchandise, along with a collection of artwork, such as photography and sketches. Also, I've pulled darker days of Dorothy Gale from Amazon. As I started recording this show, I realized it wasn't quite up to my own personal standards, and if I'm going to be collecting money on something, I would really, really like it to be up to my own personal standards. Some things just needed to be changed. Also, I really like the idea of the story of Dorothy Gale being largely free. This was never something meant to make money. It's always been a bit of a passion project. But, with all that being said if you would like to support the show, buying a t-shirt or a sticker or something really is the coolest way to go. I've got a lot of creative ventures going at all times. Photography, writing, podcasting, and believe it or not, I don't do any of this to make money. You know, but if for some strange reason you do want to support me as an artist financially, you can always go to buymeacoffee.com Slash Ordinary Sun. Again, that's S-U-N. If you do, I'll give you a shout-out on a wildly unsuccessful and obscure podcast. And I will even send you a handwritten thank-you note, complete with a fun little sketch. If you don't want to donate to this cause, that's fine, too. I'm happy to do this either way. So come back next week for chapter 21 of Darker Days of Dorothy Gale. Charon. Thanks for listening. I love you all.